James chapter 4, in verse 1, the Bible says, From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they, not hence, even of your lust, that war in your members. Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not, because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lust. Ye, ad ye, ye adulterers and adulteresses, Know ye not that this, uh, the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Do ye think that the Scripture saith in vain, the, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? But he giveth more grace, there, uh, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble." And we see this verse 7 here is where we're going to end here. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from thee, or from you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, Lord, thank you for your word today. I just pray that you bless it as we take a few moments in your word. We thank you for a great day today. We just pray that you would just bless our, our ears and our hearts. Oh, Lord, help us, Lord, be attentive to your word. And, God, I pray that you would uh, speak to us, Lord. Help us, Lord, that we would... Uh, uh, submit ourselves to you, God. Uh, you're, there's nobody greater to submit to than you, and I pray that we would uh, we'd be greatly blessed if we did that. I just pray that you'd bless our time now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we see the, uh, I think about the fact that today we need people that have a revival going on in their hearts. We think about, we have revival. I know that uh, many churches will have an evangelist. He's gifted to come and come to the church. A lot of times, a pastor, I've heard this, I've heard pastors will have somebody come and preach, and that preacher will preach, and his focus is on revival. He'll come and he'll pray. He'll, he'll pray over the Word of God. He's going to preach his messages. He has messages that are geared to bring people to a place of revival. We think about how important revival is today in our, in our lives, in us personally. We as persons, it's very important for us to have revival, for us to be going somewhere. We don't want, God doesn't want us just to be stirring. You know, there's nothing like... Uh, uh, water in the river that's rushing down and it's moving, that water is usually pretty fresh water. It's maybe per, pretty much a drinkable water for the most part. A lot of rivers are, uh, depending where you go. But uh, a water that is not moving is getting stagnant. And pretty much you know you're not going to be drinking out of a mud puddle. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that, we stay away from those things. Uh, and uh, But that water that's moving down, it's constantly moving. It's, it's fresh. It's moving off the mountaintop. And it's, it's, uh, it's being revived and it's being purified. And the oceans are that way, too. It's an amazing thing how the ocean can almost clean itself. People don't know that, but the ocean is constantly uh, being pulled by the moon. The moon comes in at a certain rate, and it, it is causing waves, and it's causing the tide to come in, go out, and different things like that. And God has set everything in motion to where it cleans itself. It's an amazing thing how he has all these things in, in, in place. And uh, I know that some years ago, China, they got rid of uh, some of these sparrows, these uh, nuisance of sparrows. They got rid of these birds because they were eating like 0.5% uh, of uh, their grain or whatever it was. And they got rid of these birds, and it caused the problem. It caused the problem they didn't foresee. They didn't foresee the fact that there'd be an increase of rodents and locusts and a whole bunch. Of, it caused a problem that caused a lot more loss of grain. They didn't see that coming. But everything has a purpose. God has put things in place to have a purpose. They're there for a reason. We as, we as Christians, we need to understand that we don't need to be stagnant. We kind of need to be going somewhere. Amen? 
We need to be constantly moving into the Word of God. Uh, Psalms 85, verse 6 says, Wilt thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? When we, we are revived, when we have revival in our hearts and our lives, uh, we are, there's an excitement. There's nothing like being in a church that has excitement because those people are they, they're moving. They're going somewhere for the Lord. There's always something new in their, on their plate that God wants them to do. And they're challenged by what God wants them to do. And they're moving forward. And they're challenged on no matter what what what. Uh, what you're doing, whether like, we're not comparing who's doing more than one other person, but we're moving all forward for Christ. And hopefully you have a desire. You know, I think of the fact that we as a church, as we look forward to a, a revival, we can have revival in a church up to that point where he's going to have re a revival meeting. Brother McCracken's going to come and preach, and it's going to be a blessing. We can be already in a revival. Can you imagine if he came along and we're in a revival, and we just continue, and when he comes, it just takes off. And many people are getting saved and people are getting baptized. I remember a few, uh, some years ago at Bible Baptist Church, it was before I got there at Puyallup, uh, years ago they had a revival meeting. And Brother Rose, I believe, was a preacher, I think. And they had a revival meeting and evidently it went really well. So, so well that he, he got a hold of the preacher that where he was going to go to next and said, hey, do you mind if I stay here because things are really happening? Uh, I think that they had, uh, was it, how many people got baptized over that, that time? Was it over 100 people or something like that? A lot of people got saved, and many, many people got baptized. And there was something happening. There was a revival was happening. And when revival happens in our hearts, things happen. But we don't need to be the. Uh, we don't need to get in the way of revival. We need to revival to kind of make its way. It needs to flow. It needs to go there. Uh, it needs to get to that place. And God wants to use our heart. He wants to use us. He wants us to have a hungry heart. There's nothing like a person that's hungry for revival. We need to be revived. You know, we need not just pray about it. We don't need to just fast, fast about it. Those are important things to do, but we need to hunger for it. Amen. Hunger for it. Think about that. Hunger for it. Yeah. People that uh, want to accomplish something in life today, they need to hunger for it. And uh, if you want to have a godly life, if you want to have a revival in your heart and your life, you need to hunger. You need to hunger after God. It's as if, imagine that, that uh, sip of uh, wonderful water that you get to drink, and that water is so precious because you're thirsty, and it's that drink of water, and you're thinking, oh, that's the best water ever. Well, we need to think that God is the best God ever, and we think about that water that we drink, uh, the, the water God has for us. We think about James 3, 14 through 16. James 3, 14 through 16 says this, but if ye have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not, and lie not against the truth. This, this wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly and sensual and devilish. We have a real problem in this world. We have uh, a lot of strife going on, a lot of battles going on, a lot of bitterness. And uh, we got to be careful that we get rid of bitterness. And we need to get out of those things out of our life. If you have something, uh, if, some, uh, if someone's done you wrong, you need to forgive that person. Uh, then we think about revival. Revival starts with uh, you, and uh, it starts with you, really. Gy Gy Gypsy Smith, uh, he, uh, uh, he uh, actually got to a place where he was uh, telling people, uh, revival starts with you. You need to draw a circle around you, and that revival needs to start within that circle. That would mean you, amen? It's not looking at others. Yeah, you need revival. You need revival. No, your revival needs to start with you. And we as Christians, we need to realize the importance of having revival in our hearts. We need to pray for revival. We need to desire that revival. We need to desire to be close to God because only then and there will we have revival as a whole, as a whole church. We don't need to keep revival from happening here at Bible Baptist Church. I've been in some churches where I thought, wow, they didn't really need a revival. There's definitely something going on here. Uh, you know, people's hearts are challenged. They're, uh, they're uh, up front. They're volunteering. They're praying for their pastor. Uh, they're winning people to Christ. Uh, they're excited about what God's doing. 
And we, as Christians, we don't need to miss out on that. Uh, God has some things for us if we're willing to be excited about Him, uh, desiring Him in our lives. But we think about this world has conflict. Those who trust Christ receive the Holy Ghost within and have a new nature. Still, they will battle these enemies, these enemies that are out there. We think about the strife, the conflict and strife uh, that the Bible talks about. And we think about uh, in verse 1 and 2 of our text, From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your lust that you war in your members? Ye lust and have not, ye kill and a desire to have, and cannot obtain. Ye fight in war, yet ye have not, uh, ye have not because ye ask not. We think about the fact that uh, we desire, and, and you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, in, the, in the business world, I suppose that people say that you've got to make it happen. You know, you've got to make it happen. You know, uh, you know you've got to work. You know, it's a su- successful attitude. But sometimes, you know what, it comes to the fact that no matter how hard you make some things happen, it's not going to happen. But we think about when you desire God and you make him number one, other things just fall in place. Amen? Everything else falls in place. We think, we think about the fact that we work so hard. And yet we could work so much easier with God's help. I, I, can, I can even think of some times when uh, some people uh, have said that they've given a testimony of the fact that they were able to do great things. And great things happened. Many people got saved and all this and that. And then all of a sudden they said, you know what, then I got out of the way. And then I really saw some great things happen. God was able to do some things. They got out of the way. Sometimes we just need to get out of the way and let God do some things in our heart, in our life. It starts with us and then it moves out from there. We think about how great it is. But when there's envy and there's strife, there's battles, oh, we need to move away from that. We need, we need to understand the Holy Spirit. We grieve the Holy Spirit when we don't allow the right kind of relationships in our lives. There's conflict. There's strife. Psalms 133 verse 1 says this, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. Oh, to be, oh that it would be said that people would look at Bible Baptist, uh, Bible Baptist Church and say, oh, look at the unity, look at the dwelling together. They work as a well-oiled machine. We're just a, a church that is a blessed church, a loved church. We love others. We, we, we serve together in a wonderful way. It's a great thing. Many times uh, in the past of great revivals, and let me tell you, the great revivals that have happened have happened with the King James Bible, by the way. Amen. <laughs> That's an amazing thing. Uh, most people, you won't hear that from many people, but uh, the great revivals have happened with the King James Bible, by the way, the latest revivals that we've had. It's a powerful book. But we understand that many revivals, some revivals in the past, they were orchestrated by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit orchestrated things. There were certain play, uh, 1900s, early 1900s, the prince or the, the, the revival that happened in Wales happened. Uh, they would actually literally get to a place to where uh, people were getting saved left and right. Things were happening. Revi- great revival happened from people praying. Uh, there, I, gu- I guess there's different stories of how it all happened, but uh, there was some teenagers that were praying, and they were praying all night, and they would continue to pray, and God got a hold of those. Uh, God decided to work in a special way. There were literally some meetings that people would come together to, and they would come to a church. They'd come into that church and fill that church. Nobody knew who was going to preach. Nobody knew who was going to sing. In fact, they'd all start singing at once, and they all sing a wonderful and harmonious song. Nobody was leading them, but they would, but the Holy Spirit. And we understand that someone would come to the front of that church, and, and they believed that God had led them there to preach a message, and God was orchestrating something wonderful. Something wonderful happened. A great revival, a Welsh revival, happened right in the front of them. Many people got saved. The magistrates. Uh, the people that were in the court systems, they wore white gloves simply because they had no work. 
They had nothing to do. Nobody was breaking any laws. The great revival was happening. It was changing people's hearts. The people that worked down at the mines, uh, their mules, they didn't want, uh, they didn't, uh, they didn't do their work very well because they were used to the cussing. Uh, and because they didn't hear the cussing when they were told to do something, they, they, they thought, well, who, who's telling me what to do here? They were confused. And uh, things were happening. And, and great revival was happening. We think about great revival. We don't need to wait for a revival meeting for the great revival to happen. Amen? Amen. In our hearts, in our lives. And so today we need some great revival. But today we have fighting amongst ourselves. We have fighting in our world. Our world is full of chaos, trouble. And I would say that the, the, the uh, God, we think about this world, really needs a Savior, amen? Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 says this. Galatians 5, 16 says this. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. In verse 18, but if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. And so Christ has a desire for us to, be, to walk in the Spirit. How are we going to walk in the Spirit unless we have a close relationship with Him, unless we get rid of some sin, unless we start having revival with the Lord Jesus Christ, until we get things in, in place and where God would, uh, is pleased, until we thirst after God. Do you thirst after God today? We think about how we're uh, conflict with selflessness. This, uh, the, the flesh doesn't want to give, give uh, the reins over to the Spirit of God. I like these reins. I like doing what I want to do here. Uh, a lot of times you may be in church, you may be in church, and you may say, well, the flesh didn't want to be in church. The spiritual side did. And you're, you'll be blessed by coming to church, and you'll hear the Word of God preached. And uh, God will use that. God will do something wonderful. 2 Peter 2.10 says this, But chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of the uncleanness and despise government, Presumptuous are they, self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil against dign dignities while they feast with you. So we think about they are driven by desires over which they lose control and which eventually come to control them. Now, I'm not, a, I'm not against having things, but if things have you, <laughs> we're in trouble. And we, we, we find that in our, in our world today, we find in California, people are very, what do you call it, they have to have things. They have to have the biggest, the biggest, the best house, the biggest, the best pools. I've seen some pools going lately that are like you wouldn't believe. They're just beautiful pools and uh, beautiful houses and different things like that. And there's nothing wrong with a beautiful house, but if it has you, you're in trouble. Uh, if, you have, if you have some devices in your life and those devices have you, uh, you're in trouble. If you have whatever you name, name it, whatever it is that has you. You can have everything, God, but this. You can have everything, God, but this. When we think about true revival, it's giving over everything we have to the Lord Amen. and seeing what God does. We think about the fact that it's selfishness. Imagine if Jesus Christ said, well, you know what? I'm, I know I, I said I'd come and be born, but you know I got some things to do here. <laughs> what, if, what if he would have been late? What if he would have just not came? The Lord Jesus Christ put off whatever he had going on. By the way, I would say that he probably had some things going on. I would say, hey, the creator of heaven and earth probably had some things going on. But he put those aside to come and be our Savior. Live a life for 33 years. Live a life for 33 years. Can you remember when you, when you were a kid, did you ever think that things were going slow? When I was a kid, I thought time was going slow. I mean, it was going slow. My mom would tell me, don't worry. When you get older, your time gets start going by faster. And to me, it's true. I'm already 55. I'm going to be 56 here soon. But uh, things are going along quite quickly. And they're going by quicker. And, uh, but you understand that Jesus, he lived a life. He lived a normal life. 
as normal as you can get. Not like our normal. Normal back then was a different kind of normal, amen? <laughs> Go get the water meant something different. Uh, taking care of the animals and being a carpenter, that was something different. It was hard. We didn't have no power tools and carpentry out back then. This is the tool. No, it's kidding. Uh, your hands were the tool. And you had different tools, of course, but you really, worked your, you, you really worked things out. And this is the time Jesus came. And he lived a life for 33 years. Three of those years being in ministry, and then he went to the cross. Uh, not because he had time necessarily, but because he had a love for us. Amen? Amen? And for us, we had to have a love for him to live for him and to do something for him, well, especially when he asks us, especially when he wants us. But we think about the word lust does not necessarily mean sensual passions. It simply means desires. We think about we can desire a lot of different things. But you know what we need to do is we need to desire the Lord. Amen? Amen. And today, as I think of a revival meeting uh, happening soon, I think we certainly need to have revival happening in our hearts now. Just as today is the day of salvation, our revival needs to happen. It can happen now. It doesn't need a special time for us to have a personal relationship uh, that is in broadened. Uh, there was a certain a uh, there was a certain um, lady that had asked Billy Sunday, "Why do you keep having revivals?" You know, you know there was over a million people that got saved on what they call the Sawdust Trail. Over a million people back then. That's a lot of people. And uh, a lady asked Billy Sunday, "Why do you have why are you why do you keep having revivals when they don't last?" He asked her, "Why do you keep taking baths?" <laughs> we think about. Revival. We need to have revival. We need to have a constant revival. We need to have a revival in our lives. Not because, well, it didn't work last time. No. It, it, we need to keep having revival. Amen? Amen? We need to have a heart for God. How's your heart for God tonight? And we're going, oh, we're going to pick a time. I'm scheduling it in. Revival. Oh, that's what I'm going to schedule in, Lord. This is when I'm good. You know. No. Revival now. Let me think about the importance of revival. So we think about the competition of revival. Misplaced prayer, verse 3 of our text, uh, James 4, 3. Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, and ye may consume it upon your lust. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever, whosoever therefore, will be a friend of the world is not the enemy of God. Do ye think that the Scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? So a lot of us, we just live with that, that flesh doing whatever it wants to do. Yeah, you, we're bring, we bring them along, you know, our flesh. We bring them along, but we don't subdue it. We, don't, we give, you know, don't give the flesh anything to do. And it will just allow the Spirit of God to live in your life. We think about the fact that, uh, uh, we think about the fact that we ask for things. We ask amiss. I see some nice things. I saw a Ferrari the other day. I was thinking, wow, that's a nice thing. Uh, would you ask for, for, for a Ferrari if you thought God would give it to you? But you see, we would ask amiss, wouldn't we? What do I need a Ferrari for? You know, you might ask for something that, you know, is, you know it's not in God's will. But you would ask if it was. Maybe if you had a ministry in, with Ferrari people, you'd, God would give you a Ferrari. <laughs> hey, that's an idea. But uh, maybe, uh, maybe if I want to be a missionary, I'll go to Hawaii. You know, I mean, you just start thinking of these, these ways. But you ask amiss. We think about the things we ask for. We ask amiss. We should ask according to his will, according to what we know he wants us to ask for. And then when we get it, well, we're getting, we need to be thankful and be thankful for it. No matter how small or big. I love people that say, talk about, and they go on about the Lord, about something that really isn't a big thing, but it's, it may be not that big of a thing to us at all, but it's a big thing to them because God did it. Well, if God would get a hold of our hearts, wouldn't we brag on him? And we need to brag on God. 
But we think about misplaced error, or prayer, excuse me, error. Mis, misplaced prayer. And we need, uh, we, need to have it, we need to have prayer that's aligned with his will. We know what he wants. Praying. Praying for people's salvation. Praying for the right things. Praying for God to get a hold of our hearts. Be careful now. We start asking for God to do some changing some in our lives. You better be ready. He might be speaking. 1 John 2. 1 John 2, verse 15 says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. The problem is we just spend too much time close enough to the world, in the world. We think about the fact that, think about uh, Lot. In the time of uh, Abraham, Lot took, and he was given the ability to, to pick what side he wanted, what area he'd go to. And Lot picked the greenest, nicest-looking area, and it ended up, ended up uh, kind of going backfiring on him because it ended up, ended up in Sodom, and it cost him a lot. Boy, was he right in the middle of the mess there, the world. We think about misplaced values. Uh, we think about today we need to have our values need to be placed in the right spot. How many of us were, uh, were like betting, you know, like this world's betting on this or betting on that? We need to just trust the Lord. God's in control. And uh, we think about this world. This world is trying to get a hold of the devil's working in this world. He's trying to get your attention. Not everything that glitters is gold, amen? You got that false gold out there. I'm looking, I don't know about you, but we need to be looking for the streets of gold, amen? We need to be looking for, the, for heavenly gold, the, the, the things that, are, that go into the future. Today we can, be, 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 we can have problems with idols. Oh, boy, uh, the devil would like to give you an idol. He gets you, and he's very sneaky. Get you an idol, something to, uh, an idol, something that uh, comes between you and God. Think about it, not an idol, something that comes between you and God. What is it that becomes comes between you and God? When you think about that idol, you need to get rid of that idol. You need to deal with that idol. Jesus needs to be one, number one in our lives all the time, all the time, every day. It doesn't take a vacation. Think about First Peter 1, verse 18. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, from your vain conversation, or lifestyle, let's say, received by tradition from your fathers, but with, but with the precious blood of Christ as of, of a lamb, without blemish and without spot. What did it take for us to be saved? It took the very Son of God going on the cross and dying for our sins. That is a personal thing. That ought to be a personal thing. It ought to motivate us to serve the Lord. We ought to be thankful for those things. We think about the Jewish betrothal period. Uh, this became a legally binding contract of marriage. The bridegroom spent the time in the separation building, a room off his father's house for his bride. When the groom's father felt it was ready, he then would give his son permission to go fetch his bride. We think about how in 1 Peter, in 1 Peter 1, 18 through 20, we see the purchasing of the bride through the shed blood of Jesus Christ on Calvary. And so right now, the church is in the betrothal period. Jesus is in heaven preparing a place for each of us. John 14, 1 through 3. We are here on earth, separating ourselves unto Christ and from the, and from the world. And there's coming a time when God says, go get your bride. Who's that? The church. That's us. Jesus doesn't know when it is. Well, the Father knows. The Father knows. And the Father's going to go, okay, go get them. And then we go home 
to live with the Lord forever. And so uh, what a great thing that is. And we, but we need to live for Christ. We need to have revival happening in our lives. 2 Corinthians 11, 1 through 3 says, Would to God you, you, you could bear with me a little in my folly, and indeed bear with me. For I am a jealous over you with a, go, a godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtility, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. That's an interesting group of scripture there. It's an interesting one there. There in 2 Corinthians 11, we think about the fact that for some people, really, Christ is too simple. Salvation is too simple. The things that is there, are there, it's just, it isn't complicated enough. Being saved isn't, isn't complicated at all. It's just simply trusting Christ and what he's done on the cross for us. And uh, we think about we need to be careful. We get too close to this world and we allow it to spot and stain us and, and get us to a place where we're unusable for the Lord. Colossians 2.8 says this, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. And we think about the vain deceit. There's philosophy out there. It ain't right. People are paddling the stuff like, hey, this is the right stuff. Well, what, what, what thus saith the Lord? Amen? What does the Bible say? I don't want to know what the philosophy says. Oh, there's a lot of philosophy. It sounds good. Oh, they butter it up, make it look good. Oh, it smells good. Artificial. What? <laughs> Some of you that are on organic and all that, you know, ah, wow. Yeah. But we think about the importance of staying away from the world and have that revival in our hearts. And we think about the importance. When we think about that revival coming up, we ought to be ready for revival. We as Christians, we as a church, we could be ready. We could be ready. Where's your heart? We think about the commencement of revival in verse 6 through 7 says, But he giveth more grace, therefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Boy, we need some humility in our lives sometimes. And he'll give us grace. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So often we need to just need, need to do the right thing, amen? We do the right thing, and the devil does he's what he's supposed to do. We do the right thing, we follow through, and we do the right thing, and, and we rely on his grace, we rely on his strength, and the devil does what he's supposed to do, and God is able to bestow us grace. God is able to give us uh, and to make us abound, but we're not gonna that's not going to happen unless we obey him. We're, that's not going to happen unless we push the world out of our lives. You know, we're not supposed to be, a, we're in the world, but we're not, we're, we're not supposed to be part of the world, man. You know, uh, James 4.10 says this, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Think about the fact that Jesus, he wants to, live, he wants to lift you up. And we as Christians, we need to be lifted up. Not for ourselves, but for others. People need to see Christ. And uh, we think about the importance of having revival in our lives. Let me just challenge you with one more uh, verse. We think about revival is the people of God living in the power of ungrieved, unquenched spirit. And that was by James A. Stewart. But Revelation 3, 19 through 20. And uh, Revelation 3:19, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten, and by zealous therefore and repent, be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come unto, in on him and, uh, and will sup with him and he with me. So often today, we as Christians, we're so close to the world, we've pushed Jesus out of our lives. We're, we're, we've walked over to the world and we've walked away from Christ. Oh, yeah, we're still saved. We're still going to church and all this. All, we're, we're, we say we're living with the Lord, but we've pushed Christ, pushed Christ away. The Bible talks about how we need to draw nigh unto him. and He'll draw, not, draw nigh unto us. 
Amen? That's called revival. Revival happens. We need to quit. We need to repent and go, to go the other way. We need to go, we're walking towards the world. We need to walk away from the world and walk t- towards Christ. Well, what do you think so-and-so might think about that? Who cares what so-and-so might think about that? How about what Jesus Christ thinks about that? Amen. Jesus Christ wants to get a hold of our... He's okay. Hey, hey, do I have your attention? We as a church, there's so many churches in America today. God's trying to get a hold of those churches, I believe. Do the right thing. Preach the whole counsel of God's word. And guess what? Everything else will be fine. Trust me. God's in control, by the way. You might think, wow, everything's upside down. God's not in control. No, no, God's totally in control. The problem is, is we're not following him. That's the problem. We as a church, we need to get back and we need to follow him. We need to have revival. He needs to have our heart and we need to have revival. Amen. So with your heads bowed, eyes closed this afternoon, I'd just like to encourage you. You know, I'd just like to uh, take an invitation, just a few uh, strides of invitation. Perhaps you'd like to t- take advantage of that. Kneel where you're at. Make, just to challenge your heart. Challenge, ask God to give you revival. And pray for revival for you and your, your, 